All right, because three is a crowd. I'm here today in the barn, negative 17 degrees outside, and I'm joined today with Kelly from a wonderful snowy Portland. How's it going today, Kelly? Uh, I feel like a chump because I'm like, yeah, it snowed like four inches. You know, meanwhile, I don't think it's gotten below 20 degrees, and you're like, yeah, no, it's negative 40, wind chill, no big deal. Yeah, I'm just gonna yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> freeze to death and in my house. If I had to be outside, I think I would have a totally different opinion on everything that I'm doing. But because I can just look outside and see the ice crystals and the freezing weather, and I just know it's cold, you know, because the snow is still still there, I'm just mm. like, this is great. I can yeah. just sit down and relax. I don't have to do anything. You know, it's great. For once in my life, I timed everything perfectly. Like, I left work early on Thursday nice. before it started snowing, and I, like, hit up the grocery store for a couple of things, and I was like, I don't have to leave my house for, like, See. I could stay here for two weeks without <laughs> being an and issue. You go through you go through one of these and you learn. I mean, we did the the big one. You know, when you first moved back, there was that huge storm, and then a couple of years before it, there was another huge storm. That yeah, and they didn't let us out of work, and that was a huge learning curve for them because it started snowing at like three, and I remember like you know we all left at the same time and we drove home, and some people got stuck and didn't even make it to the highway, slid down the. You know, the, the hills in Portland, it's hilly, you know, so you slide yeah. down and you get into accidents. And yeah, so I think they're at least in Portland, you know, if it happens regularly, at least every year, couple of years, I think they kind of learn their lesson. But if it goes any longer than that, people make mistakes. Oh, they yeah, really for sure. Dumb about driving and then they just become memes like, you know, there's the video of those people that it must have been when you first got back 2017. The, have you seen that the joggers? They're out jogging during the snow. No. And it's like KGW like, interviews them and they're just like. It's the perfect texture for running. Very low impact and it's dry snow so your feet don't get wet. Oh, what have you seen while you've been out running? It's been a lot of fun. There's a lot of other runners and more skiers than runners for sure. I think they've got a little bit of the advantage with the yeah. whole stride and glide thing. But it's too nice to not be out here. Great. Well, go ahead and keep on the run. I'm sorry to have kept you, but I appreciate you guys talking thanks. with us. Stay warm. All right. Thanks. So we've seen a lot of people out here, like you said, running, sledding, just enjoying it. One thing. Oops. That can happen, unfortunately. Looks like Chelsea's okay. You okay? Yes, okay. We, it is slippery out here. There's no question about it. <laughs> I recommend searching it out. It's super, super funny because Portland cannot handle the snow. So I'm glad you got the snow. It's fun being in South Dakota because they can handle it. Like, it, oh, yeah. Streets totally. are plowed. It's, it's fucking, it's great. Kelly, we're not here to talk about the snow today. We're oh, here okay. today to talk about Bob Dylan. Did you know that this is a Bob Dylan podcast? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I never really ask and expect an answer, but this time I do. Did you know this? Did you know this, Kelly? Yeah, uh, to this week particularly, I will have to follow that up with, unfortunately. Kelly and I listened to a song at random uh, or chosen lyrically, as we've been doing this year, uh, whimsically. Still random. Uh, e? Still random. It's totally random still. Um, and then we listen to it for a whole week. We make a uh, public playlist uh, that you can view on Spotify. And then we get back together here to talk about the song and how we enjoyed it, didn't enjoy it, um, what sort of things did it make us think of. I've been listening to Bob Dylan for most of my life. Kelly has heard roughly the same number of songs as the number between 122 and 124. And equal to the amount of effort that I give for this intro, we listen to 1988 via 1983's Death Is Not The End. That's the best one so far.
Kelly Clinton Halen calls this song the death knell of inspiration. And later, he writes, a turkey remains a turkey no matter how many times you reheat it. Michael Gray called this a risably turgid song, which means swollen and distended or congested. (laughs) And and said it's rightfully rejected from infidels. Ian Bell uh, called it, quote, a song that buyers of infidels had been spared for the sound reason that the writer had insulted the memory of his talent before getting around to insulting the audience. And then later says, listen to it once or twice and you begin to pray for an end that is certain and swift. And Tony Atwood, as I was doing the research for this, I usually, you know, he's got a Bob Dylan blog and he was talking about the song being put onto the album. And he described it, uh, him putting this song onto down, um, down in the groove, 1988 as quote, going through the musical equivalent of self harm. (laughs) Kelly, what did you think about this song? I mean, for once, maybe not for once, but the, they, they, I agree wholeheartedly Coming in hot. and emphatically. It's good, it's good stuff. And turgid, tur- like T-U-R-G-I-D. Turgid. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a horrible and totally apt word for this song. Yeah, apt I hated word. it. Yeah. I hated every second of it. And I also concur in that at some point it starts feeling like just remember death is not the end is a threat. Like not even death will free you from this. Right. And that's I want to get into that because that might be the only thing interesting about the whole song is that threat. (laughs) That's it. Um, Contextually, this song is pretty, pretty unique in Bob Dylan's uh, repertoire. Mainly, he makes a song like this and totally forgets it. And the world would be a better place if this was forgotten. As we've said before, songs showing up later on bootlegs or whatever. I'm not even mad about right. If this song existed and it comes out years later as just a part of a compilation. I'm not mad, but the fact that it's on an album requires us to have to deal with that. Why does this song exist? This was actually recorded in 1983 for the Infidel Sessions. So he rejected it for that record, which is the record that includes Joker Man, Sweetheart Like You. You know, um, I think we've done Union Union Sundown from our Mm. Woody Guthrie month. So we've done those songs from this. And this was rightfully rejected along with Blind Willie McTell and Foot of Pride. You know, the ones that I always drone on about whenever we're talking about infidels but this was rejected until 1988 when he was like i need some crap to put on to another record and he said well fuck it we'll just do this one so nothing else from that uh down in the groove album goes back nearly as far and most of it half of it is covers and half of it is like original material i mean he writes with robert hunter from the grateful dead for some songs but this in particular is is pretty bad um, on playing their instruments, just so we know, uh, is Bob Dylan obviously doing harmonica, which is pretty prevalent in this song. Uh, Mark Knopfler is playing guitar, Mick Taylor on guitar, Alan Clark on keyboards, Robbie Shakespeare on bass, Sly Dunbar on drums. The backing vocals, I think there's there's like a hip-hop group called Full Force that put backing vocals to a lot of Bob Dylan songs during this era, during the Empire Burlesque and Onward era. They'll show up for songs, but I'm not 100% sure like they're kind of, in some places they're credited in some places they're not there is absolutely a woman there singing Claddy King was a part of these sessions and you can hear her voice and it sounds like a singular woman unless I'm wrong I'm gonna assume it's her uh it is in in some par- parts when she does just that death is not the end it is just one woman but w- there is a gang vocal moment uh and that's that's more voices there's certainly other men uh, in the track too, so potentially yeah. that's full force, and potentially that would have, that could have been done. Jesus, any time. Um, I'm not sure when they 
did their overdubs because as far as I understand it, they were doing overdubs for for Bob in like 85, 86. So it's not surprising to me that for some reason, Bob has this song in his back pocket for seven years. And he's just, hey, let's just work on this now that I have this boy band to do this for me. And then Clyde <laughs> King was probably on there from the beginning. Yeah, because she is she's pretty sneak attack. Like, I don't notice her. Um the first times I ever heard this song, I didn't really notice her. And this time, for some reason, I just can't get her out of my listen. She's like right there in my brain. Uh, he's never played this song live, thankfully. Um, so this is just something that happened, unfortunately, and we have to now deal with it. So, Kelly, we listened to two versions of this. The only two that are known. Um, like I said, this was recorded. Well, I maybe didn't even say the date. It was recorded May 2nd, 1983. Um and there were five takes total, and we have two of them. Three of them were interrupted takes. So we only have the two full versions, if you will. One of them obviously got overdubbed and put on. I think that same version, the alternate version, is the exact same without the no. That, yeah. I think that's, I don't. Yeah, think I mean, I, I couldn't there. tell a difference at all. I thought, I was like, even trying to pay attention to the guitar fills and stuff, and like, I just could not tell the the length is basically the same like i i think maybe it's a second of difference which would just be like you know post kind of capping the ends but like yeah i i can't tell a difference other than there is possibly more reverb and it sounds like a rougher cut on on, like there's like some fuzz in the background right that's about it yeah this um so there's not really yeah you can't really talk about which version you like more than the other because they're both exactly the same and also can you like a version of this i don't see i'm conflicted because i want (laughs) to be so mean and i want to say really mean things but at the end of the day i feel like i'm not mad i'm just incredibly disappointed (laughs) and everyone knows that's worse for me when i was thinking about this too i was thinking about this always brings out the worst bob dylan fans as well the people who like I can't tell if it's ironic or not that they're like, this is great. And those are the things where I just, I, I ha I just get so upset because I don't <laughs> understand it. And, and I, and I think there's a part of it too, where I'm like, some people like praise this because they're like, I love um, like the everyday language and how relatable it is. And for me, it's like, this song is so ridden with cliches. It reminded me of life's life is hard from last year. That it's just like, what do you even do when there's like nothing being said? Nothing. Oh, yeah. It definitely gave me trust yourself vibes in that way, too, where it's like, I don't have anything going on, but trust yourself. At least that one was more of a call to action. And like, so, at least there's that. Like, this is so bad, man. Did you I think that you could not hit the. Did you think that maybe trust yourself and baby stop crying was the basement? I mean, I. And now you've crushed through the basement. I mean, right now. Yeah, this is I. I hope. For me and for everyone that this yeah. is the rock bottom, the of the rock bottoms, because like, yeah, I mean, dude, this this club has everything. The dynamics are totally whack. It's so quiet. You can't hear it at parts. And then sometimes so loud that you don't know what's <laughs> going on anymore. It's like you're being attacked. Uh, it's it's yeah. so boring and there's so much reverb. It's almost like an art. How bad they like made the echo mm-hmm. chamber in that room. It's over five minutes long, which, you know, I love and moralizing from a hypocrite. It's just like. It hits all the beats that you want in a song. So <laughs> it really does. I mean, I think it's it kind of drags out the worst of uh, the, the, like um, some of the worst of Bob Dylan, but also the tropiest of Bob Dylan because uh, you know it's basically three parts. One of them is cliches galore. The other is um, sort of um, a religious turn, and then part three is fucking um, the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So there are very three very typical Bob Dylan things where if he's bored. 
it's revelations all of a sudden and the world is coming to an end. <laughs> and as much as I love Bob, I love that in good songs. But like this one in particular, it feels like an attack. It just feels like I'm being attacked all at one time. Because <laughs> like life is hard, doesn't have the apocalypse. And it's not really, it's cliche ridden, but it's also not boring. It's not super boring, you know, on the face of it. And especially now, it's like a joyous um, circus. Life is hard. I'd rather listen to that than this any mm. day. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's it's incredibly crazy. I mean, the cliche is just like, I mean, since we're already talking about the song, the song starts out when you're sad and when you're lonely and you haven't got a friend. I mean, <laughs> it's so bad. It's really it's juvenile. So it's like really infantilizing. Like, this is, to me, it's akin to that, you know, if you're happy and, you know, like, clap your hands. Like, this is kind of what we're doing here. I mean, it's it's so bad. And just like the crossroads and the storm clouds the heavy rains like it's just come on man what is this paint by numbers shit is he talking about heaven or is he talking about like like death is not the end like reincarnation because of his predilections towards christian sermonizing i wouldn't think that it were a reincarnation thing though i would imagine that 60s bob totally was familiar with that concept and probably bought into it that's why like for me this is such a sticking point because when he gets really hard on the moralizing with the law-abiding citizen and stuff it's like yeah do you remember 20 years ago the person that you were at all? Do you do you think that this person was deserving of heaven and salvation when you were doing fucking drugs and cheating on everyone and being a total ass? Like, would you be the law-abiding yeah. citizen that you so now desperately seek to find in the world for Bob? Like, it's really, really tough to swallow that pill. But, I mean, I imagine that he's talking about heaven just because of, of the turn that he took. Um, but But then again, it does feel threatening. So maybe it's like... I, I think it's supposed to be that way, right? It's yeah. supposed to be like a, a double entendre of sorts. If I'm, I think I might be misusing that, right? But anyway, where it's like, remember, everything is shitty now, but in heaven you'll be rewarded because you're doing the right thing. Or remember, you're being a terrible person and you're gonna pay for this. So, right. Well, we haven't talked about it on the show, but in 2012, I think for Tempest, uh, one of the interview I think it was for Rolling Stone. Um, he just out of nowhere is just like, I was transfigured. There's a somebody named Robert Zimmerman, and I, his body, I became Robert Zimmerman. Oh. So Bob Dylan, there is lore of of him being a transfigured no. person. No, uh, he, he just slips that again. He just slips that into a conversation because he's Bob Dylan, and it's excellent, and it's amazing. And uh, what is it, Mikkel, whatever the guy, the reporters, he was just thrown off. I mean, his entire day has been ruined <laughs> because Bob Dylan has introduced this insanity into like just wanting to talk about what he wanted to talk about. And all of a sudden, it's like, no, listen, I was a transfigured person. It's like, <laughs> what? I want to get into that at some point because that is. It's fascinating. I mean, it's really interesting stuff. But yeah, I do. I do believe that Bob Dylan has more than just a, a black and white version of like heaven and hell, which is interesting. That's great. But this song has does nothing, does nothing to to showcase that. Oh no! In any way, you know, we talk a lot about park bench songs. This song is definitely not a park bench song. It, if it was one of those, it would be a lot more interesting because it's him sitting there looking at and describing weird scenarios. And unfortunately, I think. Not only does the music let it down, but also just his I, I don't I don't even know what any of this is. Like, why would you write this down in a notebook? I feel like he's almost just coming up with it like TV talking song. He's just making it up. I I mean, I do wonder if he had a particular moment where he saw something or heard something. And he was like, you know what? The world has gone to hell and I'm mad and I, I'm just going to write something that's maybe inspirational or maybe threatening. And I'm just going to fart this out. See you later. I, I, I don't really know. I, I think that that's. 
probably solid. Um, I think it's important to know that like there were 17 plus sessions for infidels and he was doing it. He was uh, May 2nd was one of, if not the longest Bob Dylan session day of all time. Before that, he did approximately 6,000 takes of a song called Lord Protect My Child, which is a song that we're going to get to later. Uh, and I thought when I when I was here, because I was so mad about this song when I was first taking notes for it, um, I put in parentheses, I was like, another song, some call it. Um, and then I listened to it and I was like, no, like, I'm not going to throw Lord Protect My Child under the bus the way I want to throw this one under the bus, because at least it's a competent song and it's fun. It's got a fun piano and like it's fast moving and like it just does what it needs to do. My only prayer is if I can't be there. So he was there all day recording, which was out of character for him at this point. I think this was at the end of the sessions. It it was at the end of the sessions. And maybe he was just tired. Like maybe this had a better outcome. And then he like was like, I'm done with Lord Protect My Child. So I'm going to do this. And it's got those weird elements of like the cliche stuff that he was kind of getting into in the 80s after he was done with Shot of Love and he started to kind of go on this decline. But also the religious elements, right? So he's in between writing a religious song and not. Because all of a sudden we get in this song, something pretty typical of those Christian songs, which is all of a sudden we'll just be like, oh, the tree of life is growing where the spirit never dies and the bright light of salvation shines in the dark and empty skies. So the song just abruptly shifts for the salvation figure, right? The clouds are opening. God is coming or something. And then it shifts back to the apocalypse. And that's something that Bob also, it's a trope of Bob and it's also annoying to me and it's not annoying in other songs, but God damn it. It annoys the shit out of me. I think that that part, that little tree of life is growing. That's when the, the volume ratchets way up. Not only did we give the drummer a drumstick, we took away his brushes and we had to wake him up. The, the first note I wrote was, I don't know who is more bored, me or the drummer. Like, I just feel so bad for Sly. Is that who it is? I'm just like, oh, Sly, yep, man, yep. this is t- this is really hard. Um, but yeah, I, I just, it's so jarring and then it goes away. It's like the song almost had something to do. It almost became something. And then I was like, no, no, bring it back down. Back down. Back Back to sleep. Sly. Back to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) We've been here for 700 hours. So go to bed. I mean, it really could have been that it could have been that, you know, they spent the whole day doing this other song and, and he was like, I just need a palate cleanser. I just need to get this dumb thing out of my head real quick. I think that happens a lot with his recordings and sometimes to like, accidentally maybe even miraculous ends where it's just like, fuck, I've been working on this one song forever. I'm just going to get this out of my head. And then you get this amazing take of this song that you I know, I know. never shows up on an album or something. Like, what just happened? Right. So th- I think that this could have been a situation like that too, for sure. Where it's like, okay, that is done. I just need to do these two things. I know everybody just like, stay awake, please for one second. Okay. Now it's over. <laughs> stay awake. Stay awake. I got the song for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what's, what's funny to me thinking about, I mean, I think you're, I think you're onto something there. And I think, that that like that little break right there. Um, I'm, I know that people love that break and they, they look for Bob for inspiration. Um, and I think that this toes the line where it's like the people that love him as Bob, the Christian writer, this this song can fit into their concept because it's close enough to that time period. And this is definitely very biblical. And yeah, 
and it, I, for me, like it just doesn't work. And I'm again, it did, it doesn't work for infidels because it doesn't make a lot of sense. Neither did Lord Protect My Child. So clearly, he's just kind of like working on songs that he wrote. And Lord Protect My Child showed up on the Bootleg series volume one through three. This song could have too. There's a good chance that this song might have if it wasn't on down in the, down in the groove. You know, as I kept listening to this song, which sucks, is the dirge the dirty, sloppy, turgid sound? <laughs> Is that is the, is that the point? To be as kind to the song as you can, I think that he was trying to make you introspective, right? And a good easy way to do that is to strip down the music, right? If, if you have nothing else going on. I mean, that's why I listen to lo-fi hip-hop all the time, right? Because it's like, right. I don't want someone telling me what to think or making me have any kind of feelings because I, I need to focus. I, I need the mild distraction of the music, mm-hmm. but that I don't have to pay attention to. It's just like supposed to be ambient sound, right? So I, I think that this that it could be intentional in that way. It's like we want to strip this down so that you really focus on what I'm saying to you. And what I'm saying to you is it's going to be okay. Just keeping a good person, keeping a law-abiding citizen. God, <laughs> and that line is so clunky too, the way he has to fit it in. Ugh. Yeah, so of course, of course. Uh, no, it's, it's bad. I think that's the that that could be intentional. And and you have such talented musicians. I mean, he usually does work with really talented people, but it's just like mm-hmm. let's not use them. I, that's such a thing, right? Too the Ringo thing, where like you bring it because started. Like, <laughs> so I don't know, man. Don't this know. could have been an acoustic song. This could have just been you, Bob. You didn't have to bring other people into this. That's all. Yeah, you right. Do it. You could have just you could have just done this yourself. And yeah. you really wasted you wasted their time. I hope they got paid well. Yeah. I think people can listen to this like they do lo-fi hip-hop, where even if there are words here, there's nothing really there. So you can just have it on in the background, and it doesn't really matter. They're, they mean nothing. It'll only mean something if you really tune in. Whereas I think there are other songs by Bob Dylan that obviously have very evocative images where you're like, oh, I want to listen. I want to, not for any symbolism or meaning, just like, oh, this is really cool. Whereas this, it's like, it's not that. So it's either a really boring song that's just droning on acoustically in the background or you want to listen to it, right? Because you're sad, because you feel something. It's kind of like life is hard, what we said. It's like if you're feeling it, you could probably enjoy the song. But for me, I don't know why I would ever want to go to this and feel sad because a good song, I think, can make me feel sad even when I'm feeling happy. There are songs mm-hmm. on our playlist that can break a man down. Oh, yeah. Um this is not one of them. Yeah, it definitely never grabbed me. I never, I, I really struggled with this. Not only because of the volume, I constantly had to turn it way up and then turn it way down, which made me so mad. <laughs> uh, but I, it just never, never grabbed me for a second, and never, never made me want to listen. Whereas other no. things like, and I think Bob Dylan specifically with his lyrics does that. Early Dylan for sure intentionally does that, where it's like I have kind of a boring song, not boring, but but you know like a formulaic song which is here's the four chords and i'm not going to really switch it up a whole lot because i want you to listen to what i'm saying uh this never never musically lyrically nothing it just like was annoying sad slow white noise even his voice there's nothing unique about the way he sings it and even Mm -hmm. he can fit he can fit so many words in so wonderfully and he's so good at that he used to be good at that before now and yeah the (laughs) law-abiding citizen i mean and this brings me to that which is the one part of the song where things change but it doesn't come off as a shock at this point it it's part of the formula so to me it's still it doesn't work because it feels predictable that he's just gonna go to the apocalypse when the cities are on fire with the burning flesh of men i love it just remember death is not the end and you search in vain to find just one law-abiding citizen 
just remember death is not the end not the end not the end death is not the end uh i put on nick cave's version of this song that death is not the end when storm clouds gather around and heavy rains descend just remember that death is not the end and there's no one there to comfort you with a helping hand to lend just remember yeah so i actually put this on the playlist for like one second because i i and then just to, because I was just looking for songs to put on. I was like, oh, Nick Cave has a song called Death Is Not The End. And then I put it on for a second and I was like, oh, I think this is just a cover. So I took it off. But uh, it's a pretty faithful cover. Uh, but it's so much better when he does it. Even though it, this song is bad and he can't really save that. Just hit the way that he sings and just that he's such a creepy motherfucker to begin with. And then he has some weird, like, random German guy singing some parts of uh-huh. it, too, which makes it even more unsettling. Yeah, if if this, in fact, was supposed to be, I mean, it's on his Murder Ballads album, in fact, supposed to be something that, like that. With that, Stagger Lee. Yeah, with, with, that is insidious. Like, that is a way better way to shape and shade this song than whatever this toothless, dumb, last second thought, whatever this is. That he Bob Dylan did. So yeah, Nick Cave improved it a little bit. Right. And for me, it's conflicting because I'm like, okay, <laughs> I want to convince myself then that this song actually does have bones and it is a good song, right? Because you can take it and put it elsewhere and it could be better. But I don't know if Nick Caves is, is all that good. Yeah. But it does exactly. make it does make it creepy and unsettling. I love all the singers singing on it. <laughs> and for me, this last line in particular and the way it kind of ends, it's a minute shorter or about 45 seconds shorter. But that's, that's all the world at this point. Jesus Christ. It feels like a threat. It feels like a this is not the end. Your life sucks and it will it'll suck forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just remember that even if you die you're going to a place where this is all going to continue. Yep. You're going to keep listening to this song forever on repeat forever. Now that's a fucking threat. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Does this song work in 2021? I don't think so. I mean, Nick Cave tried to do it 10 years ago and I would say unsuccessfully and he did the best he could, but uh, yeah, it's song is terrible. Um, And I don't think any amount of time, uh, or technology or change in popular music will fix it. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I, I think that this is this is one I, I I'm always shocked by me coming around to songs that I never really listened to or at least finding something in them that I really love. And and just the Nick Cave connection and Sackley. It's a great example of a song that I just skipped over forever. And then when I found Sackley, I still think about that that episode a lot. I think about those songs a lot. I love that. I love everything about that. Bob's version is by far the worst of all of them. And it didn't matter because it it put me into a door, into a space to listen to really, really great stuff and dive into it. There's nothing here. This is a cul-de-sac of an album. It's a a cul-de-sac of a song. And it's one of, you know, we're not going to talk about it down in the groove a whole lot. And even over the past couple of weeks that I've been like putting together all my bootlegs and everything, it's been really cool to go back and listen to it. There's a lot of outtakes of what could have been with down in the groove. And I think you could make a really uh, outside of like the foot of pride and all of the songs that he had that were sitting off to the side that would have been better on this record. Um, there was a lot of really cool and fun stuff that he was doing 
that never made it onto this record that was contemporary with him doing it in in 1988 and not just pulling out, you know, outtakes from the past. So there is something about this era that I think is unsung even for me, because if I think about my worst Bob Dylan times, it's 1984 to 1988. And this is right there. So I think that this song does not work at all, except for as a historical artifact. That's all like this bad. This is a bad song. Yeah. And I, maybe I feel bad for for judging other people's tastes, but oh, someone's got to do it. <laughs> Did, but I'm glad we got it out of the way. I'm glad that this one's not going to be one that we stick around with because, you know, we we've talked about a lot about life and death, and life is hard. We talked about you know just being a very 2020 song, but this doesn't make me think about death. It doesn't make me think about our own tenuous natures on Earth. It doesn't do any of that. No. It doesn't make me reflect. It doesn't make me do anything. Even the human flesh stuff doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> Other than be slightly jarring because, like, for one and a half seconds, you pay attention to the song. You're like, wait, what the fuck? Oh, never mind. Back to sleep. Thank you. <laughs> Not the end. Just remember that death is Kelly, we, thankfully, and the only way we could really do it with songs like this is we make a public playlist that you can find at all times, contemporaneous in real real time, by searching See That My Playlist Is Kept Clean on Spotify. Uh, but you can also go to our website, SOTWpod.com, or find us on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, SOTWpod everywhere, and you can um, get every playlist for every song, so you can listen to that. And if you love what we do... This is normally where you interject because I forget. We also have a Patreon, Kelly. Did you know that? Patreon.com slash SOTW pod where you can sponsor an episode. Thanks for taking my job. That's fine. Uh, well, it's the only thing I contribute to this podcast and you just took it from me. That's, that's fine. That was rude of me. And uh, next time I'll let you I'll let you do it. I will. <laughs> I'll forget from here on out. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, you can give us some money and do that. Otherwise, you can listen to our playlist. We love having playlists. And I think you can understand why we need it in this case right here, oh, yeah. because we could not listen to this over and over and over and over again. Uh, Kelly, this playlist was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it uh, it definitely had highs and lows, just like Bob Dylan. It really, but like in a in enriching emotional way versus like a upsetting way. So that's a little different, uh, although kind of upsetting. Yeah, I'm afraid for you because you you your whole goal over this last 12 months has been not to feel anything, almost a full year. And this this is going to bring it out. This could possibly bring out something in you. Not good. Now, I'm happy to report that I've uh like gotten my my cloak of of cynicism and my guard, my walls. They have been restored and I once again can listen to music and not feel unless I choose to engage. And it's great. Good, good. And yeah, it's definitely yeah. not not one you want to engage with all the time because some of these songs can be very sad. But they can also be uplifting, and 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 that's the thing about sad songs too—that they can also uplift. And I'm sure that's what Bob was trying to do. If we're trying to be generous here, but but some of these do succeed better than others. Welcome back to the playlist, the Hotel Year, uh, for the second time, the first time in a hundred episodes since episode twenty-three, with "End of the Real," one of my favorite songs. Um, that's such a good song. They, They're uh, a great band. I should probably listen to them. Maybe I'll put that on the. I'll do that at some point. <laughs> Excellent. And and they're they're fantastic. Uh, Radiohead for the 10th time. 
where I end and you begin off of Hail to the Thief. Uh, Sufjan for the 11th time overtaking them with uh, Death with Dignity from Carrie and Lowell. Very, very sad. And of course, uh, Mount Erie, you can't get away from any any talk about death without even in that song where he says, um, I don't want to learn anything from this. Like, yeah, that is just like, again, in one fucking sentence, a very Dylan-esque, simple declarative statement that makes you think that that does more in one sentence than Bob can conjure in a whole five minute song, you know, in, in this case, um, that right. is just devastating Metallica for the fourth time. Also the first since episode 23. Really? Yeah. Creeping death yeah. off of ride the lightning. Okay. So I, I think I'm sure I've told this before because we're turning into old married couples with us and our listeners to the point where it's like, you know, nothing new under the sun. I'm just going to retell you the same stories over and over again. So here, children, here's another one on repeat. I used to really, really hate Metallica for no other reason, than I think, than like that embedded contrarian streak that some people have where it's like everybody really likes Metallica and nobody like they can't shut up, especially guitar people. And I'm just like, oh, my God, whatever Metallica. So I used to be like, I won't even date anybody that likes Metallica because Metallica is the fucking worst. Uh <laughs> funnily enough not a whole lot of lesbians super into metallica so it was really easy so didn't actually narrow down the dating field <laughs> at all <laughs> so it's a very empty threat uh but yeah i now that i like been playing guitar a little bit and like i've gotten over myself quite a bit and i'm not nearly as obnoxious as i used to be yeah. uh Metallica's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Especially their earlier stuff. Like, uh, obviously, when you're talking about Metallica, you're talking about anything pre-1990, basically. Uh, right. But it's the the guitar work is, God, the solo in this song is fantastic. But even the main riff is just really yeah. cool. And I think I'm going to try to learn how to play this song, Sans Solo, uh, sometime soon, was the long and short of that. Well, Again, all about me and my guitar journey. <laughs> yes. Well, we love the guitar journey. We all want to be up to date on it. Uh, more interesting, again, than this song. Uh Tyler, the creator, oh, yeah. for the second time with Death Camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, bombed the music industry for the fifth time with Planning My Death. And AJJ, for the second time only, with Deathlessness, which is also great. We listened to uh, so Christmas Island. That album is just, it doesn't miss. So, um, welcome to the playlist for the very first time. Loretta Lynn, the beginning of the end. Really? Yep. We've talked about her because wow. I went through my country journey. That I shared with right, last right. year. Um, no, Loretta Lynn after End of the Real, mm, just exquisite. Uh, Faded Paper Tigers, not the end of the world, even as we know it. Awesome. I never heard of this band or this song, uh, though this is their most listened to song. Like, this is their highest listened song. I had never heard of it before. And clearly, it's like a, a response or a play on REM's right. The End of the World as We Know It. But musically, it sounds a lot like. It's not Robin. I think it's Donna, whatever that. I love you always, forever, yes, yes, near, yes, yes, yes. far. Um, it's just like such a strange mashup of a lot of different things. It's a very, like, it grew on me. At first, I was like, I don't know about this, but I don't know. I really liked it. And I will say right now, inter- to interject, the sequencing on this playlist ended up very, very good. Uh, Hot Snakes, Death Doula. Um, love that song. I love the guitar in it. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, War on Women for the first time, which is crazy, too. Uh, the Ashes Not the End off of last year's Wonderful Hell. Excellent. Uh, Ty Dollar Sign, Ego Death, featuring Kanye. That would be his fifth time. He's been on here uh, on our playlist five times. And uh, FKA Twigs mm-hmm. and Skrillex. Skrillex. I'll, yeah, I'll FKA lie. Twigs. I'm, I assume that her name is – it's supposed to be formally known as Twigs, I think. But uh, I don't know. But, yeah, she um, – she kind of blew up 
I think her album is when uh, 2017 or 2019. She just came out with a couple of new tracks. Uh, yeah. Cool alternative R and B artist. The the cover of one of her albums is like a distorted picture of her face, and it's like really upsetting, but in a cool way. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. Continue. <laughs> oh, uh, traveling Wilburys for the first time. End of the line. That I know that song. That song is at like the end of a movie where they play the blooper reel with that song in the background. I can't remember. It's one I saw recently, but I can't remember what it is. But I'm definitely familiar with the song. I don't think Bob Dylan sings on it. Although no, every time Tom Petty sings on a Wilbury song, I like for a second I'm like, is that? Oh, it's not Bob. For a second though. Wow, you might be the only one who would ever say something like that. That's Tom Petty's got a nice traditional voice. He Bob does, does but I feel like Bob can get there sometimes. He because he, he's with he's with George Harrison, Roy Orbison, and and Tom Petty. Like just you can hear all three of those, <laughs> and then Bob, <laughs> and you got Bob of this era, Bob, nineteen eighty eight. I mean, he 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 wrote most of the Wilbury stuff. That is excellent. He wrote this song, uh-huh. but he instead of putting this song on there, he put he did this song. This song is on an album that came out with this Wilbury's one came out in nineteen eighty eight. Down in wow. the Groove came out in nineteen eighty eight. Do not forget. <laughs> Do not forget. The Bravery, this is not the end. They were a band that was huge back in the early 2000s. I know. They did that song, because I am living just to breathe and I want something more. I was like, oh, that's that song. And I was like, oh, they're the Strokes, but worse. I remember them now. Well, there was them, and then you had all the clone bands after that. So they were definitely one of those clone bands. Yeah. After sure. the Strokes and the White Stripes and all that. Um, Sunhouse, one of Bob Dylan's biggest influences, Death Letter Blues. I think that was from 1950-something. And then the song from Never Ending Story. Hell um, yeah. But Limal, like, I, I looked I looked into the guy, you know, clicked on the, the thing. And I have you done that? Have you looked at his album covers, the two albums that he has? Please I did see it. a picture of him briefly that was very Fabio-esque. Um, pop into that scroll down he's got two albums check out those covers for me in real time oh mole he's got a rod stewart mole going on oh yeah 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 we're caught between uh uh george michael and a rod stewart uh and i mean that with all shade uh yeah it's not great um and i will say for my entire life i thought it was a woman that sung this song so uh, and oh, I'm yeah, still not yeah. convinced that it isn't. So I don't really know uh, who Lamal is, but they're great. Fantastic job with your mullet. And anyway, the song is amazing and you can't stop it. And it gets stuck in my head all the time. Anytime you're feeling slightly epic, you have to just let it happen. And, it, you know, great movie. And we let it left it for the end because it's a good place to, to stop and gives you something to feel um, from just feeling nothing. So. Very yeah. nice. I took off Murder by Death's Big Dark Love because I already had it on the playlist, um, even though I listened oh. to it all week because I love that song. But we we used it for Not Dark Yet, which is another great song about death. And it made me think, oh, my God, give the guy 10 years and 97, he'll write Not Dark Yet. Way better of a, of a death song and a song about walking into death's doorway. Um, and again, just this song sucks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amazing. Present in Howard's thing, walls of 
Kelly, we were also people in the world outside of our playlist, outside of the snow, outside of the negative 15 degree temperatures. What were you doing out there in the world to, to put into our time capsule? Um, what were you doing? Well, as promised, I did listen to Bon Iver, Bon Iver, hey. B. Oniver, however you want to say his Justin name. Justin Vernon. Uh, yes. Some people might have learned for the first time very recently. <laughs> um, and I got to say, like, I thought he was way more prolific and perhaps he is. I mean, he seems like he does lots of collaborations and lots of he does a lot of work. But as far as like actual albums or at least the ones on Spotify, because I didn't really go any no. further. There's only like four. There's four. like four and a half. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, and Blood they Bank, were the Blood Bank EP, so that was EP, right? Pretty yeah. big too, yeah. So I mean, of those, it'd be five, yeah. Yeah, so I listened to all those, uh, and I guess they're pretty good. Um, I'm actually, I would say, probably in the minority where I prefer his last two albums, Me too. as opposed to his his first three, mm-hmm. just because um, they're so samey. I think you really have to be in the indie folksy. I want like a little sad melancholy moment to because they yeah. all sound the same i can I, i've definitely heard skinny love before because that song blew up yeah. um but they're all the same like i i really couldn't tell you when one song stopped and then and the next one began which if you're in the certain mood again it is exactly what you want right but oh, yeah yeah I, I i love his experimental stuff with the 22 a million and the 22 I, a million album amazing i, I they're very them. cool i totally get why um he's been kind of what recruited to do a lot of like alternative R&B and like rap songs and I stuff mean, he because like he was on beautiful dark twisted fantasy by Kanye. Yeah. Because so it, it, it really feels like that. And mm-hmm. I totally love that, that style of music. And it, it, he seems to be like, he definitely went on a, a, a huge journey. That's the, the, the word for the episode. He, it, he's transitioned quite a bit and it's great that he grew. I mean, um, I will say though on the blood bank EP, yeah. Um, he definitely was biting Imogen Heap hard with the song Woods because it's just that vocoder or whatever thing. Yeah, that's like acapella, but with the, the weird audio. Well, it's thing. weird to listen to that outside of Kanye because Woods is what they took for the second to last song, Dark Twisted Fantasy. So mm. it's hard to listen to that song and not think, the, the drum's coming in and Kanye's about to start rapping. <laughs> Get out of the woods. Where's Kanye? Um, so that one, it's really bizarre. But I, he's, he made, you know, the four main records. Like, it's so cool for him just because they're all kind of different. I I would say that I, I approve of uh, Bon Iver. I'm going to be Oniver from now on. Be Oniver is his name forever. I'd rather just call him Justin I, Vernon. Justin. Thank you, Justin. There you go. Justin. Oh, easy. Uh, I also listened to all the Run the Jewels albums because I, I don't think I've ever I, I mean, I've definitely never done that. Um, I've heard, like, you've played some of them. And the song, because I'm very basic, the Nobody Speak with DJ Shadow is amazing. And it's, you know, I've heard that a billion times. But, uh, yeah, all of them are fantastic. I th- LP is really interesting um, because he's got such a, a brand. And I think all good musicians and producers will, uh, ha- like, you should be able to work with anybody, whatever, if you're producing music for other people. But he's got such a style that at first I think it's 
a little challenging to get into because it's not as pleasing to the ear sometimes. Like he has very specific staccato rhythms that are supposed to be grating for some of the songs, but they work so well. Like Killer Mike does such a great job getting over on top of all of those uh, rhythms uh, that it, it just super duper works. Uh, but it was cool to see like with nobody speak with having DJ Shadows style in it because I, I really love DJ Shadows um, introducing in, from 1994. I think it was just, like one of my favorite albums ever. So it's it's really cool for that song specifically, but yeah, run the jewels in case you didn't know. <laughs> really good. <laughs> uh, and then I did start listening to Sufjan. I got to oh, um, Age of Odds. I, I didn't start Age of Odds yet, but I. So I, what's I, the I, consensus here? What are we doing? Um, a sun came is the best. Like good, I, okay. no I one ever plays like that, that album. Shit. I knew. You yeah. Because <laughs> I feel very like for me, we like, started in fake... Michigan. Start in Michigan. We don't, <laughs> we don't do a Sun King. We don't do any of that. So I feel very much like a propagandi fan who's like their first album was their best because like I know that no one likes because like, oh, my God, I was not expecting it because no one's ever played it because no like no one being you. You were my my Sufjan Touchstone. Yeah. So it's like I never heard it before. So I was listening to it. I was like, oh, my God, this sounds like Chibomato, like Radiohead, like the Gorillas, like mm-hmm. Imperial Teen. Like it's just like the 90s amazing thing but with his ethereal voice on top of it it's just like yeah. oh my god this is why have people hidden this from me it's not nice <laughs> i gotta say seven swans in michigan and illinois all all great all great i mean i really yeah. uh, there was not anything oh well i will say there's one song that if i ever have to listen to again i might harm myself or others uh That's and that is on a sun came and it's called Satan's saxophone and uh i hate everything about it from here on out i know what to expect but that was that was great so Music, it's good. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> I we we were talking about Lord. I went back and I re-listened to Lord this past week, and it was great. I enjoyed that. And then I was like, "That's not enough," because it's only two albums that I enjoy. So I was like, "I'm gonna because the Lord, who gets compared to Lord Billy yes. Eilish? I listened to Billy Eilish. Did you? And you know what? It's yeah. No, what is it? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? Um, hilarious. I don't really know what to think of it. The cover is ridiculous. Uh, it's fine. It's, it's like, she sounds just like Lord. Yeah. Only I know she's younger and I know it's her and her brother and whatever. I don't know any, literally anything about her, but I will say the song with the office clips was great. I love that. Oh, I, I've that never listened great. to her. I thought it was so, fine. I don't know. It's totally serviceable and it sounds good. It sounds exactly like what I thought it would sound like. There wasn't any surprising surprises for me, I guess. Uh, I like Lord. I like Lord better. Mm. It's just more like anthemic, especially the the newest record. But I get it. I get why they compare the two of them. Uh, Weather Station. There's an album by a band Weather Station, Ignorance, that that's been blowing up just in 2021. I listened to it. It's fucking amazing. I want to recommend Band Month because we um, did Band Month, you and me, and they released the 50th anniversary of Stage Fright. So they remixed the whole album. And usually I don't really care for this kind of stuff, but they've been going through all of the band and like Bob Clearview or Clear Mountain or whatever the guy's name is, who's who's remastering these. It sounds t- different. It just sounds totally different. It's amazing. So I recommend if you haven't listened to Stage Fright in a while to redo it with the 50th anniversary because it. It'll be a new experience for you, which is pretty interesting. Um, and then I listened to the first Cake record just yesterday. Nice. And it was super fun. And then I was like, I can't just listen to one band straight on through because I'll feel like I'm doing homework. So I'm like, what other band can I pair with this? Because I'll usually set up a playlist of albums kind of going through. And I was like, you know what else I don't really listen to? The White Stripes. 
turns out they both have six albums. So I was like, okay, cake, white stripes, cake, white stripes. So I'm currently in the middle of that. I'll get back to you next episode. But I, but I, but I've been bearing the lead here, Kelly, because I've been doing stuff with the Bob Dylan, all the bootlegs I have, and just organizing all the stuff for my own life that I've watched every like Netflix documentary like true crime documentary like there's ones like i mean the staircase was a big one from 2017 and i never watched it because i'm like eh, whatever and I, it was fucking incredible uh the confession killer i watched it was good disappearance of madeline mccain uh one of them was about a nazi war criminal was a uh that was called the devil next door he was like a nazi living in ohio um that got into america and they tried to prove if he was a guard uh, an infamous ivan the terrible at treblinka who you know, sent all these people to their to the to the gas chambers and they couldn't really prove it. But it was like he definitely was there, but it was held in Israel in the 80s. So it was like the last generation of Holocaust survivors that were saying, mm. like, this is Ivan the terrible. But it was like there is some solid like he wasn't actually there. But in the end, they were like he was at a camp. And I was like, if he was at a camp, that's probably him. him. Yeah. He's a fucking Nazi. <laughs> There's a new one out called this crime scene, the vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Mm hmm. No, thank you. That one was bad. The one thing maybe, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, it just came out called Framing Britney. Britney Spears, the New York oh, Times no, did yeah, a documentary. Uh, it's great. It, there are some scenes in it where they just have it running straight through with the paparazzi like swarming her. And it's just silence. And you just see like how many people would crowd around her in like a convenience store. And it makes, it just chills you. It's so gross um, watching what they fucking did to her. And, you know, for me, I was a kid during this time, but I definitely knew about her. So it's weird to go back and watch this and realize, like, oh, my God, man, she was definitely going through something that today we would understand a lot more. But they weren't talking about mental health back then. They weren't talking about, you know, people's privacy and things. And, you know, Instagram and stuff didn't exist. So you only had the tabloids to, like, tell your story. And now you don't have to do that. So it's all this crazy stuff going on with her that I just never thought about. So. Yeah, well, I'm really glad that we're going through this reexamination of women that have been uh, like shunned and and made painted to be these like whores, quite frankly, uh, and and yeah, they go into know, that like a lot. blaming them completely. Like, so it's really nice that we've taken a second look at Monica Lewinsky, Britney Spears, Paris Hilton, mm -hmm. even like we and really gone back and analyzed. Like, oh, it turns out maybe they were the kind of the victims of of powerful men specifically around them and that maybe we shouldn't be such terrible misogynist assholes okay thank you for coming to my ted talk so yeah it's, it's really cool that that's that's happening and i'll, I'll probably check that I, out i too, remember cause... when she shaved her head i remember all these events right because you couldn't and it's all played as a joke well i'm excited for your true crime journey you and stacia will have a lot to talk about because like she knows about all this stuff inside and out from multiple sources because, like, if there's any popular, even miniaturely popular true crime thing, she's heard about three different podcasts. She's watched six different YouTube videos about it. And even the Cecil Hotel thing, I was like, oh, I already know this because, like, Stacia's seen so many things from it. So, for me, the problem was I had already seen this. Like, that's that was a yeah. really true moment for me of reckoning because I was like, oh, no. I have become what I hate, which is, like... I already know. I know all this. I used to enjoy this right. world because I it was, I was a virgin and I could just walk in and be like, I don't know. Tell me about all the people murdered. And now I'm like, I've reached the end. Everyone who's died, <laughs> I know about. It sucks. So I'm going to have to stop. Well, did you ever actually watch the Jinx? No. So that's another one, too, that I know he confesses at the okay. end. Like all these things I kind of know. Staircase 2, I knew about. And I knew people talked yeah. about it and making a murderer. That was a huge one on Netflix. I saw that. Right. Um, these things were culturally big. 
But I mean, now they kind of fall off. I don't think there's anything right. on that level. But they're still just like so excellently produced and wonderfully done. And I like a good fucking five hour, six hour, one director doing straight on through. I love it. So I'm into it. And, you know, you can just listen to it in the background. You don't have to really pay attention, which is great. <laughs> All right, Kelly, that is Death is Not the End. This, thankfully, is the end of this podcast, and we are moving on. Wonderful. We've been choosing random lyrics, which have obviously burned us um, as of this week. So we're going to turn back to that and see what fresh hell we have for next week. <laughs> um, so, Kelly, like, I was not ready like, before, <laughs> like before, you are going to pick five words at random i'm going to search for those words in bob dylan's lyrics and albums and we are going to see what lines up here and if they line up i'm going to give you a couple of options if there's only one song that does that's the song we're going to take you know the you know the drill people at this point it's simple right this thing that we just instituted like one episode ago that's very confusing yes you guys know Okay, randomwordgenerator.com. Here we go. Randomwordgenerator.com, your place for if you want random.org, but for words. Ooh, I like these. Which random.org probably has random words that they do. And we, I never Oh, it probably them, so. does. Yeah, we've betrayed them, though. They Damning to us. for me. I mean, and they were a former sponsor of the podcast. That's so. um, okay. true. <laughs> All right. Kelly, what is word number one? Cow. Man gave name to all the animals. Oh, I was thinking I sucked the milk out of a thousand cows. Oh, my God. I had blessedly forgotten that. Thank you for bringing that back into my memory. Uh, okay, cow. Oh, there's a pretty good amount of cows. So, um, okay, so we'll leave that for a minute. So, cow is good. What's another song? Another. Um... Detec- detective. Ooh. No. Uh, next word is level. Level is going to give us. Two. Okay. So two songs with level. I will be very surprised if there's a, a song with this word. Firefighter. Ooh. Uh, but no. No firefighters from Bob. Damn. And then okay. the last one? And and again, I really want to pick a song that might have this word. Sausage. Sa- <laughs> but there is no song with sausage. Damn. I know. All right. So we have, uh, we have Cow. Right, so cow we, and level. Cow yep. and level. Okay. So level has two. Cow has... We're making up the rules on the spot here. So now that we have all these options, I am going to choose, since there's two for level, whatever the lowest amount is, I'm going to pick two cows, two levels, and then you're okay. going to choose which one. Then I'm just going to randomly choose the cow ones. I'm not going to try to be biased at all. I'm not even going to look at it. I'm just going to pick one here. And I'm going to search for the word cow, and I'm going to read you these lyrics for cow. Okay? You ready? Yes. A cat's meow and a cow's moo. (laughs) Okay. Oh, this one's, see, cowboy, you see? So that one actually doesn't, that one does not work. Next came in was Mrs. Cow. (laughs) 
these are the two lines for level. Oh my god. The game is the same. It's just on another level. Nice. Okay. And then the other one is mm, and emptied the ashtrays on a whole nother level. Okay. Well, my favorite line is definitely the game is the same, just on a whole another level or a whole new level. That's the best line. But how much oh. do I want to punish us? I mean, we just came off of a pretty rough week. But I don't know. I, we also... I will say that there... I will say definitively right now that there is no punishment to be had next week. So of these four songs, there is no punishment. And all those of you guys at home who just heard the lyrics, you know, you know what we're talking about here. So, Kelly, (laughs) we've got two cows, two levels. What's your gut? You said you like the game is the same, just on another level. But why would a cow beat it? What's what are you what's your what are you thinking? Well, I don't think the cow will beat it, but I think that we're we're in the place where you are with your, you know, Buffy rankings, where we got to fill out the middle, man. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, we, we got to get these songs out of here. So that makes me want to do okay. a cat's meow and a cow's moo. <laughs> okay. So we have heard this song before. It was at Isle of Wight, and it's called Quinn the Eskimo, the Mighty Quinn. Oh. So we are going to be hey. traveling back to there. So we'll probably listen to uh, Isle of Wight again. Um, okay, Kelly. Well, Quinn the Eskimo, um, you almost with the game is the same, but on another level is one of my favorite Bob Dylan songs. So you almost picked it, but she didn't. And that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Because there were no bad choices today. There were all great choices to be had. Uh, okay, Kelly, we will be here next time for Quinn the Eskimo, the mighty Quinn. If I were a better student of this podcast, I would have known that it was Quinn the Eskimo. Because I mean, that is a very specific line. <laughs> Yeah, well, is it? I didn't really know it was from that either. If you told me that, I wouldn't. Oh. Know. So, okay. no shame to be had here. I'm excited. Mighty Quinn. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, we walked up on that boat in the street. After you tied me in in the driveway of the apartment I was beating. Such a sister holding a camera. To cross any thousand lands, but that man out the time. I didn't need you that day. I gonna need you anytime. It's gonna take it as it goes. I could go forward in the night when I better fold my clothes.